Good morning. Uh, I want to speak about uh, God's grace. So, why does God say, my grace is sufficient for you? And what does it mean that God's power is made perfect in weakness? If you think for a moment that all the ways God displays his power, he controls the raging torrential storms, crippling droughts. He causes pompous, blustery dictators and kings and presidents to rise and fall. Occasionally, he puts the laws of nature in detention and does the miraculous, like healing people from stage four cancer. God isn't like the insecure, overly aggressive high school bully who constantly feels like he needs to establish his dominance. He's quite confident in his power and he has an infinite variety of ways he can flex his figurative biceps. Throughout scripture, God makes it clear that we should have a healthy fear of the Lord. All of this makes God's preferred method of showing off his power rather strange. God's grace is sufficient and his is power is made perfect in weakness, in brokenness, in weariness, in times of need. Because God's power is greatest and most seen when we are at our weakest. When Paul begged God to take away his thorn, whatever that was, God said this to him in 2 Corinthians 12, 9. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. This is one of the scriptural double take, uh, spew the water in surprise moments. It doesn't make sense on the surface. God could have delivered Paul and said to him, my power is made perfect in my deliverance. He could have said, my mighty deliverance is sufficient for you, but he didn't. Instead, he left Paul in, his, in, in the state that he was in and said that his grace is sufficient and his power is made perfect in weakness. God's power is greatest when we are at our weakest. And, and what we need most in our weakness is God's sufficient grace, not more strength, not more, not a dramatic deliverance. Although that's nice, I would imagine. This is so backward from how the world operates, especially today. You know, we like to show off our strength, uh, to act like we've got it all together. But this is the opposite of God. His power is made perfect in weakness. You might ask, why is this? Why is God so doggedly insistent on using weakness, my weaknesses, to show off his strength? Why does God repeatedly say, my grace is sufficient for you? I've thought about that, and this is a short version, 
but of why, why I think why. <laughs> so, simply, it means that God gets all the glory, as it should be. If I could sustain myself through trials by my own grit, uh, then I could take some of the glory. I might think or say, I made it on my own. I locked and loaded, buckled down and hacked and whacked my way to the finish line. But I can't sustain myself in the slightest, not at all. If God wasn't behind me pushing and before me making a way, I would head toward the abyss and apostasy at the first sign of trials. No one will be boasting of their own strength in heaven. Not at all. And to think so is just not very uh, articulate. I will be boasting about how God sustained me through depression, heartache, and trials. I will be boasting about how God answered my desperate prayers during deep moments of uh, despair. God's power is made perfect in weakness because it ensures that he alone gets all the glory. If God's grace alone is sufficient to sustain me, I can't take credit for sustaining myself. And I shouldn't. God does it all and we will boast only in him. One of the great lines uh, I'm tempted to believe is that I'm sufficient for everything, for life, for marriage, parenting, working, the whole ball of wax. Trials are a match that torch my facade and fallacy. I have zero ounces of sufficiency in myself. This reality that comes to me daily is highlighted all the more when I'm in dire circumstances which thank God to God's greatness and I'm not very much in. I simply don't have the spiritual strength uh, to keep going when the Red Sea is before me and the Egyptians are behind me. However, God's grace is sufficient. God is omnisufficient. Sufficiency and strength and power course through his being and he's able to keep me through the bleakest of struggles on any given day and any given night. And when I'm up against the wall, uh, as I have been, um, it forces me to cry out, God, only your grace is sufficient to sustain me. And when he delivers me, his power, not mine, is on full display, again, as it should be. God loves to deliver his people when the stakes are highest and the odds are the worst. He loves to come through, you know, Hail Mary, do or die, hell's deep or whatever. Uh, you know, God wouldn't let Gideon use 30,000 or 3,000 men. He carved his army down to a measly 300 men making the odds of victory so unfathomably small that only God could bring deliverance. Goliath was in this huge executioner. 
armed with the colossal sword and spear. And I think about that because when I think about that book of David, when I'm when I'm reading that, uh, you know, the intense time that it was, it must have been. David was just a small shepherd boy attacking with a sling and a few rocks. God, and only God, could snatch victory from the jaws of this surely wrought out defeat. God's power is made perfect in weakness because it shows that God and only God can deliver. We don't have the power to rescue or deliver or save, but God's grace is sufficient to do all those things. In 2 Corinthians 1, 8 through 9, Paul recounts one of the darkest moments. For we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt that we had received the sentence of death. But that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. God allowed Paul's circumstances to become so bleak so dire, so desperate, that he felt as if he had received the death sentence. I would imagine that from, from Paul's perspective, death appeared to be intimate. Why would God let things get so horrifically bad? Why would he let Isaac get all the way to the altar? Why would he let Daniel actually be thrown into the lion's den? God wants his people to know that he alone is their help and hope. God leads me through the valley of death so that I'll trust in him alone, so that I'll cling to his sufficient grace, so that I'll give up the ludicrous charade that I can go it alone. And finally, deepens my trust in God. In the past, when things uh, would get really bad, I, I would start playing out various scenarios in my head. Um, for example, if my finances were tight, I would start doing all sorts of calculations about when the bill will, uh, when this bill will go through and whether I can make some additional money doing this activity and how to make everything work out all right in the end. While there's nothing in, in inherently wrong with planning for the future, it's easy for me to fall into the temptation of trusting in my own understanding rather than God's sufficient grace. I think this is why Proverbs exhorts us to trust in the Lord with all our hearts and not to lean on our own understanding. When I lean on my own understanding, I'm failing to trust God, whose power and ability to deliver are far beyond my understanding and wherewithal. When God does intervene and rescue me, it becomes abundantly clear to me that it was not due to my magnificent strategizing, but his glorious loving and sufficient grace. 
In Jesus' name, I say this to you. Amen.